hear us through your AirPods or see us on your laptop, how about meeting us in real life? Because we're taking Queer Money on the road this summer and fall. Visit QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player to find out when we'll be in your neighborhood. John, you. are you okay? Yeah, it's just been a roller coaster of a year. What do you mean? Well, the stock market is up. The S&P is up like 20%, but real estate is softening. And even though wages have crept up a little bit, they haven't kept up with inflation. And Black Friday sales were- Time out, time out. These are systemic issues. How are we doing? Well, I don't know. <laughs> so what we hear going on in the markets and what is going on in the news could be completely different than what we are experiencing. Well, how do I know the difference and how do I plan for next year? You're listening to Queer Money episode 466 because today we're joined again by Adam Davis of Capital One to talk about how you can do an annual look back and a look ahead at your personal finances for a successful 2024. Well, why are you being so dramatical? Let's get on with the show. You're listening to the Queer Money Podcast, personal finance with a rainbow twist. Queer Money is dedicated to financial independence, financial well-being, investing knowledge, and the intersection of all things money as an LGBTQ person. Queer Money is made possible by Capital One. Capital One believes that financial well-being includes your mental, physical, and financial health. Check out CapitalOne.com today. Welcome back, Adam Davis, to the Queer Money Podcast. It's good to see you again. Great to see you too. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. How have the last couple of months been for you since we've had you on the show last? They've been great. It's been been a really busy, but really good time, uh, kind of both at work and also kind of with family given the holidays. Nice. Awesome. Well, this is a great time to have this discussion, right? We're, we're almost heading into the new year. We're doing a look back from last year. And to be honest, the last couple of years have been kind of scary to look back at for, I think, for a lot of us. So, you know, with that, could you, would you mind, Adam, starting off for us? Uh, why should we do a look back in our finances, even if it might be a little bit scary for some of us? Yeah, it's always good to be introspective, particularly with your finances, as you're trying to think about, like, how do you ultimately achieve financial success? And uh, a look back is really an opportunity for you to see what went well last year, like things that you want to be able to repeat. And also, what are the things that didn't go as well? So you can figure out how you would go ahead and change what you might do in order to have a, a different outcome. You know, for the things that went well, it's also an opportunity to celebrate them, you know, figure out if it was intentional that they went well, or some of them might have been just accidental and really happy that they did. And and so therefore, you, you can learn from that too. On the things that didn't go as well, you know, just having a list of those things and being able to spend some time thinking about each one of those and could I have done something differently to be able to affect that outcome? It really sets you up well in terms of being able to look forward. Absolutely. David, what do you think? You know, I love this. First of all, Adam, I love that you brought to the forefront that let's focus on the things that went well, because I think that oftentimes when we do retrospectives, we kind of focus on, okay, what do we need to fix? What didn't go well? How do I change things and improve? And I think the idea of going into it with, hey, I did good things. I did some great things this year. How do I recognize myself or recognize my family for the things that we've done well financially? And how do we keep repeating those? I kind of think about the idea here of, and I'm going to forget the author of the book, Atomic Habits, 
but you know, in Atomic Habits, he talked about one of the ways to get better is by growing the good habits that you have, right? So if we know what good habits we have, how do we improve upon those or how do we make those a bigger part of our financial life so that it kind of squeezes out, if possible, <laughs> squeezes out the bad habits or the things that maybe were the mistakes. So we don't, we aren't focused on that. So I love this idea of a look back really is a way of celebrating, not a way of scolding know, yourself, beating yourself over the back, right? Yeah. Very much. And and I think also, if you can identify your strengths and those good habits, you know, you might have friends or family members that also want to figure out how to do that. And d- does that tell you like, hey, I could actually be a mentor to to this person and help them too. Yeah, I love that. That breeds more financial security for everybody in your circle. I love that. So what are some tips that you can do to do a thorough look back? Can you give us some more granular ideas on, on how to do that look back, Adam? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we, we think of this look back as critical preventative care, right? Like you want to figure out the things that are issues early on. So that way you can prevent them from being bigger issues. And, and in order to do that, you have to start with something that might seem a bit tedious, but you need to look through your accounts and your statements and really try to figure out, are there any patterns in there that are meaningful for you that kind of drove those successes or drove those opportunities that you have? Are you spending too much money in a particular place that you didn't want to be spending money? You know, did you not have enough savings for a particular time that was important? Maybe you have a whole bunch of unnecessary fees that you're paying and and you realize, look, I, I paid a thousand dollars in all of these fees that I didn't see value for and and how could I change them? There's a lot of ways that or a lot of different behaviors or patterns that you could identify. But in order to do that, you do have to spend some time like really going into detail with your finances so that you can understand exactly what drove each of those items. I also think as you're going through that, you want to make a list of each of those different opportunities so that you have that as you're thinking forward to to the next year and make notes next to each of those insights that you have around, you know, do I think I could prevent this the following year? Or do I think I could repeat the success the following year? You know, or is it something we need to spend some time problem solving around? Yeah, I love that, David. When I look back to when we first tackled paying off our $51,000 in credit card debt, one of the first steps that I did was exactly what you said, Adam. It was to, to I gathered all of our statements for all of our debit cards and credit cards and savings accounts and everything. I pulled it all together. And yeah, I spent, I think, a good six hours putting everything into a spreadsheet. Back then, it was a little bit more difficult because you couldn't download statements as easily as you can into an Excel spreadsheet or CBS file or CSV file like you can today. But that is the time spent is the eye opener of you will realize. And for the thing is, is that for most people, when they do a thorough look back, there's always some outliers. There's always things that you're like, oh, yeah, I knew that I was spending money on this, but I didn't realize it was that much. And I think that that's that's an important thing of being thorough really gives you a clear picture, gives you an accurate picture of how much you are spending in every single category. And it can kind of also give you an indication as to are you spending to really make yourself happy? It was back on episode four. 
56 of the podcast where we talked about your return on happiness and the happiness that you get out of your spending. And sometimes when we see how much money that we're spending on something, we say, oh, I'm not really happy with that amount of money being spent because I'm not getting the value out of it that I thought I was because I'm not really that happy, but I'm still spending a lot of money. Or it could be that you say, I'm glad I'm spending that amount of money. I think that the example I used in that particular episode was spending money on therapy, right? For a lot of people, that is a really, really smart and wise spend. And so when they see that they're spending $100, $200, $300 a month on therapy, they're 100% okay with that kind of spend. Yeah, very, very much so. And and I know it took you know a lot of time and it was worth it to be able to, to pull that together at the end of the year. One thing you could think about also is once a month or once a quarter, setting aside a smaller amount of time and and doing that at different checkpoints throughout the year. So then by the time that you get to the end of the year, you can take a more holistic view of everything kind of that happened during that time period, but it might be a little bit less work near near the holidays or at the beginning of the following year. I do love that idea because then every quarter you're kind of keeping yourself in check so that maybe when you do your look back the next year, you're not so shocked or surprised by what you saw. So say I'm doing a look back and I'm not liking what I see. (laughs) How can I, this is a little bit, you know, psychology. How do I, how can I flip that a little bit on its head? So it doesn't feel like it's a punishment going through this exercise, Adam. Well, I mean, just the fact that you found those issues, you know, you should think about as success in itself, right? If you you had not identified that there were some things that you didn't like, you know, what are the odds that those would just change by themselves, right? You have to be very intentional about the identification and then what the action is that you're going to to take with it. And, and so I think that's really the mindset that you have to have. Like you, finance is really important to you. You want to be able to kind of be in a place where you've got the right financial health and well-being that that's out there. So, you know, try to keep the positive outlook of like, everyone has things that, you know, doesn't go well, that they don't like both of their finances and just in, in, in general in life, you're just taking the time to find those. And now that you've found it, you can take action. Absolutely. You know, I think, you know, some places and publications have labeled us as personal finance experts, but even us, when we, every now and then we'll look back, we're like, oh, like, you know, we were spending quite like that. You know, I mean, we're pretty engaged with our finances. We talk about money all the time. And even with all that, we're like, oh, well, we're not doing that exactly as we like. So let's just tack that a little bit. Right. Exactly. We're experts at spending. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The Queer Money newsletter that I wrote today, which comes out the, the week that we were recording this episode, one of the things I talked about as your Queer Money takeaway is that especially during the holiday season, but I think this speaks to doing this kind of analysis as well, is to practice giving yourself a little bit of grace, right? Is to remember that this is this is not a, a time to flog yourself because of the mistakes you've made. But as, as you pointed out, Adam, uncovering what is already there and understanding what to do with it. It's almost like when you find out that you have an infection, 
right? You have the opportunity to do something about it, or you can just ignore it. And then if you ignore the infection, especially if it's topical, if it's on your skin or or, or just slightly underneath the skin, that will, if you just decide to ignore it, it will fester and eventually turn into something much more serious or could potentially kill you. I kind of think along the lines of credit card debt for a lot of folks, they just ignore their credit card debt or how much money that they're spending to pay for that debt that's on their credit cards. Doing that, this kind of analysis is the opportunity to see, okay, is this activity in my spending habits or my financial life, is it an infection that could blow up into something worse? Yeah, very much so. Very aligned with that thinking. Love it. So, okay, we've, we've looked in the past, we're working on improving what we've done in the past and making it better. Why should we then look ahead? What exactly does that exercise provide us, Adam? Yeah. I mean, a lot of times in life, things will change from year to year. So one of the first benefits that you have is it's a chance to see what might be different in the year ahead. You know, maybe you have some additional expenses that you didn't have the previous year. Maybe you're paying off a loan and you're going to have extra money that you can now now spend. There's so many different things that, you know, could change. And so it gives you an opportunity to be able to set your goals for the year with the context of what might be changing. And then you can compare that back to what you just did from your uh, kind of look back from the previous year and be able to say, okay, like what are the things that I need to do in order to be able to meet my financial success for this coming year? If I need to save more money, well, maybe that's an opportunity to be able to set up some kind of systems that are going to help you save money more, like automatic transfers from your checking account to your to your savings account. There's a lot of different things that you can do that you wouldn't be able to do if you hadn't taken the time to sit back and say, like, these are the key things that are changing and what are those implications for me of those things. Absolutely. You know, I think a prime example is, you know, a lot of our viewers and listeners know that we're looking to build our real estate portfolio. And with inflation the way it's been, mortgage interest rates going up. And despite most of the country, prices for real estate in Toledo are, are still going up. So Dave and I are thinking about, okay, well, what, what do we do next year so we can reach our goal in acquisitions for properties that we weren't able to do last year because the market wasn't necessarily working in our favor? So I think that's a prime example of, okay, Things didn't work out exactly the way we want them to. We want to course correct that for 2024. What can we do differently that improves that? Definitely. I'd say that the importance of looking ahead is the same reason why you put a destination in your Maps app on your phone is because you want to get to somewhere. We rarely, if ever achieve financial independence or success by accident. It's very rare that that happens. Yeah, there's some instances where somebody inherits some money or accidentally picked the right stock or ended up working for the right company and when it exploded into something great financially. But for the rest of us, it's putting a stake in the ground and saying, this is where I want to go this year financially. And that gives you something to work towards, right? It gives you a des- that destination rather than just saying, oh, well, maybe I'll get, I'll get to where I want to be in the next 12 months. No, figure out where it is you want to go and then what kind of things can I do to help me get there? Yeah, that leads into my next question, Adam. What <laughs> tips do you have to actually do that look ahead? <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, you know, as you're going through, you, you, you do want to make a list of the, the goals that you have for the year. You might want to make that list of the things that are changing kind of from the previous year. And then you want to kind of look back to the things that you did in the, in the previous year and work through those different action plans of like, how do I go ahead and kind of fix those things if you have things to, to, to fix and able in order to get there. As you're going through that exercise, like you might realize that you want to save for something that is short term. So then you try to figure out like what are the right tools that could do that. So for example, like a Capital One CD comes in multiple maturities. And if you want to have a fixed interest rate to be able to save for a particular thing, you, you can look at examples like that to, to be able to say, okay, that's how I'm going to meet the goal. But what you really want to do is you want to make sure once you put all of those things together with your goals that you figure out, okay, like, if you don't have a budget, create a budget. If you have a budget, you know, does that budget need to to change in order to be able to to meet your goals? And then try to set out milestones, you know, throughout the year of what's really important to be able to achieve that so that you can then kind of do mini look backs at each of those milestones to say, am I on track or am I not on track for the things that I want to accomplish? Absolutely. Yeah, I think when you when you do that look back and you think about what your actual goals are going ahead, it almost kind of tells you what you need to do. It almost like almost like tells tells you a story. It makes it a lot easier to fill in the pieces of okay, well, how do I if I'm going to go from here to there, how do I actually do that? Kind of kind of tells you that. No, I I love the points that both of you bring up here. I think one of the important things when it comes to your look ahead or what you want to do ahead is to communicate that to other people whether yeah. that's your spouse your kids you know it's a it's a really important thing i think to get your family if you have a family on the same page with you that this is the direction we're going with our finances or these are the goals we're going to try to reach if you don't have a family or a spouse then communicate that to your friends let your friends know what your financial goals are because we all need champions. We need people to be there for us when we're not feeling so great about the progress we're making, or we are feeling really good about the progress we're making. And we want somebody to celebrate with. And that's really important to be able to have those kind of conversations with people close to you. It's great advice. But I think there's also another aspect of telling people, which is have them help you hold you accountable for the yes. different goals that you want to have. Just like if you were trying to like exercise and you have goals for what you want to do and you've got your exercise buddy, same thing here. You don't you don't even have to be fully specific. You could say, look, my goal is I'm going to review my budget every month. Nobody knows what your budget is, but you can still have somebody kind of check in on you. Like, hey, did you review your budget this month? You promised that you would do it. Absolutely. And for our listeners and viewers, if you want to hear more about Capital One CDs, we talked with Jason Tartik a couple months ago about CDs and CD rates at Capital One and how to build a CD ladder, which would be still an intriguing research at this point in time. Yeah. So I love all this. I think we're headed in a great direction. I'm ready to start 2024 and really, really rock it. But then January 17 rolls around and uh, it's known as National Ditch Your National Resolution, Your New Year's Resolution Day. How do I break through that like barrier of like, I'm super excited and pumped and ready to do this on January 2nd. But then by the 17th, I'm like, I'm over it. I'm just going back to my old self. Any tips, Adam, on like how to like break through that wall? 
Yeah, I mean, I think what I just talked about around having people that can help hold you accountable is is one piece. But I think the other thing is that, you know, finances are so tied to everything you do in life. Like the reason you have these goals is because you are trying to create this particular kind of success for your well-being. So just keep that in mind of like, what is your end goal? What is it that you are trying to achieve? What are those things you learned from last year that, you know, you want to be able to, to do better and try to keep that positive perspective of what's on the other side of this if you're actually able to accomplish your goals? Absolutely. David, do you have thoughts? I'll, I'll add being realistic, I think, is really important. It's similar to going to the gym. There's always so many parallels between fitness and finance, but how many people do we know who are the... January 1st people in the gym, they're in there and they're work out really, really hard. And then they disappear after two weeks or they work out really, really hard. And then they're sore and then they don't go back and they are there for two or three days. I mean, are you talking about me? Yeah, I can see, I can feel the the eyes looking this way. It's it's almost like the sound of of a train, right? You think of the old steam engine sh- trains, they slowly picked up the pace and got into a rhythm and then all of a sudden it's going 60, 70 miles an hour. I think the same thing when we start to work on our goals, financial goals in January, we want to try to do this at a pace where we know that we can commit and stick with for a time period and then add things on. Don't try to make the change to every aspect of your life all in January because you know that that's just not going to happen. You're talking about moderation. Yeah. (laughs) Something that one of us struggles with, (laughs) but it's very important. We actually call it moderation station, <laughs> which is kind of funny with my analogy there with the train, yeah. but it's a stop that we don't make very often. Yeah, we, we oftentimes <laughs> miss that stop. <laughs> but the only thing that I would add is when you're looking at your goals for 2024, get clear as to why those are your goals. Because I think also to, to expand on everything that you both said, I think when it does get hard, when the 17th of January does roll around, you can revisit like, okay, why did why did this matter to me? And does it still matter to me? And if it still matters to me, that might also help you get over that hump and break through that, break through that wall. So Adam, what can our tools and resources does Capital One have for our, our readers, viewers, and listeners who are looking to do this look back and look ahead? How can Capital One tools and products help maybe help them out? There's a lot of ways that Capital One can help. You know, one way is that our checking and savings accounts have no fees and no minimums, including no overdraft fees. So if one of the things that you kind of determined as you were doing your look back was like, hey, I've got all these bank fees, or, you know, I need to have this account that doesn't have a a minimum with it, you know, just look at our services, look at our products, because we've got a lot of good options, including those Capital One 360 CDs that we uh, talked about before that, that, that have the great rates. You know, we also have our Capital One mobile app, which is top rated and allows you to have alerts to be able to look at your spending uh, history, which is a really good resource. We also have our CreditWise uh, application, yes. which is available to both customers and non-customers. And this is an opportunity for everyone to get a view of their credit report, to be able to do simulations around if you took different actions, how would that impact your credit? And to just kind of look at how things have changed over time with your credit. And so it's just a really good tool for, for anyone to be able to use as they're thinking about like, hey, what would the impact be if I'm able to spend or change some behaviors or, or around how I how I borrow and use credit. Absolutely. I love that. David, any thoughts? 
Well, I'm not I'm not going to specifically talk about a bunch of Capital One tools, but I will say that I do love CreditWise in part because I'm not barraged with a bunch of advertisements for various credit cards. That's one of the things I really don't like about most of the other credit tools out there, especially credit scoring tools, is you just constantly are getting ads for or uh, pestered to sign up for another credit card. But I think that actually having the app on your phone and making it a habit to check in with your account information on a regular basis. Like you said, maybe like we said, Adam, maybe you just do it once a month or or once a week so that it doesn't come as a surprise every three or six months or, or a year when you go back and look at your spending. That's right. I love that. So this has been very inspiring and very informative, I think. Adam, how can our listeners and viewers connect with Capital One in real life? Yeah, in real life, you can go to CapitalOne.com. You can visit one of our branches. You can also visit one of our 50 plus cafes. We also have our, our Money and Life program, which is another service which can be accessed through, through our online channel and our cafes, which will give everyone a chance to have a, a certified coach um, that can walk them through different ways around how they can plan for their finances, either in individual or, or group settings. So if you if you don't know how to think about your financial goals and haven't spent time thinking about that relationship with money, that could be just another good service to use as you think about the look ahead. Wonderful. And as you're driving around this holiday season, if you pass the Capital One Cafe, just know you might want to duck in there because the seasonal coffees might still be available. You want to get those while you can before they supplies run out. <laughs> well, Adam, thank you so much for coming back to the show. It's always a good pleasure to have you and for sharing such a wealth of information. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Great talking to you. Make sure to check out more ways that Capital One can help you achieve financial well-being at CapitalOne.com. That's CapitalOne.com. Thank you, Adam, for another great interview. And thank you, Capital One, for continuing to sponsor the Queer Money Podcast for the benefit of the LGBTQ plus community. Thank you, our listeners and viewers, for joining us for another episode. Remember to subscribe to the Queer Money newsletter in your podcast player or in the description of this YouTube video below to get this week's Queer Money takeaway and your tip on how to reach financial independence faster. Then join us next week or next year, hee hee hee, when we springboard off of today's discussion to share five simple tips to rock your finances in 2024 and the next Thursday when we share the most affordable LGBTQ plus friendly city in Delaware. Dela War. <laughs> Have a great week, last week of the year. Safe and happy holidays to you all and see you in 2024. From Los Angeles, California to Winooski, Vermont, we're taking queer money on the road. Join us as we gamify personal finance with Queer Money Bingo or catch our signature Live Fabulously, Not Fabulously Broke Talk and so much more in between. Check out QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player regularly for date and location updates.